honestly his favorite thing of all of this stuff. So welcome. We are at the Allbirds store in Marlebone in the central part of London. And today we are with Henry Grace. Very excited to have Henry today. He is from London and he has some amazing, amazing stories. I'm very excited to unravel with you today. So thanks for being here, Henry. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I'm very fascinated to see what was something when you were super young to kind of get you inspired into like a creative environment and stuff like that? What was something, your outlet maybe of some sort or a community you were involved with uh, to kind of influence your music? Um, when I think of my childhood, I think of, I think of probably skateboarding was my biggest passion. Um, I lived on a, a nice kind of leafy street in a, in kind of South London and um, there was a group of us on my on my street and we all skateboarded and so get home from school and just go out on the street every night um, and just do that for hours. Um, it was the kind of, I think I've always been someone who liked doing stuff independently. Like when I was really young I was always just kind of quite happy being on my own. Um, and yeah, no, skateboarding for me was a massive thing. The whole culture around it, um, the whole music scene around skateboarding, I was properly into bands like Sum 41 and The Offspring. Um, and I'd make skate videos, um, go to skate parks. My whole dream at that point in life was just to get kind of sponsored um, and get free skateboards and just do that. Um, did you have a skate shop that you guys would mostly go to pretty yeah, often? Yeah, there was a place in Kingston yeah. um, I used to go to. And I think that's also kind of where my love for America started. It was through skateboarding mm. California, which obviously I ended up going and living there. Yeah. Uh, not to skateboard. But I mean, I, when I was in California, I'd go down to the Venice Beach Bowls oh, yeah. all the time and just watch the kids there who were unbelievable. Like, I thought I was good when I was... 12 and then I watched these guys and they're like, amazing you're like okay they should be sponsored yeah, yeah. I understand that. <laughs> um but that was that's when I think of like my happiest kind of points in my childhood it was just doing that with my mates just mm. going out in the evenings um skating and the freedom that I had with that was was amazing um I remember that my mom my mom was really unwell when I was young and she was um, she was not at home for a lot of the time, and skateboarding just got me through that. Mm -hmm. It was like the most wonderful distraction. Um, and the skating community, like the skater community, just in general, is a really like inclusive one. People, um, you can be. It doesn't matter how old you are, and it doesn't matter how good you are. You can turn up to a skate park, and people will just encourage you and uh, want to get to know you. And that's a really cool thing um, that I don't. Definitely don't see that in music. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's no competitiveness and um, there's no, you know, trying to get ahead of someone else. It's just, it's just doing it for the love of the sport, which is cool. Did you have a board yeah. that was like your board that you, do you still have it? I had a flip board for a long time that I remember. Um, I don't, I, I lost all of them. I bought, a re during COVID, I mm. went and bought a, a, a deck 
um, Sick. <laughs> to try and get back into it. Because the last time I like did it properly, I, I like broke my shoulder, my wrist, and concussed myself all in one fall. Um, and yeah, so I went and bought bought uh, a new board, and um, <laughs> I literally haven't used it. Um, yeah. It's one of those like COVID purchases that you you do and then never use. Um, but I love looking at it. Maybe the summer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> What's uh, is it a cool design? Is it a design mm. that you yeah, like a, specifically looked up and found? It's a chocolate board. Um, I love all the branding around skateboarding as well. Like and oh. all the brands as well that like I grew up loving as a kid. That then over time became like when streetwear became like a thing. Yeah. Um, they now became really like I don't know. Like I remember Palace being like just a skater brand, and then it became this like big streetwear brand and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so skating is a cultural thing, like clothing, the music, just the, the joy of doing that with your mates and just going off and doing that. that then like, for me, that, that was it as my childhood. Like, I was so mm. happy with that. And I would have loved to, have, I'd love to do that now if I could. Um, mm. Sport is obviously something that you've got to, you can't stop doing. You've got to yeah. like dedicate yourself and, yeah. um, you know, when I moved to, to senior school, I stopped doing it. Um, mm. But, yeah, it was cool. Do you feel like that's been kind of in the back of your mind for so many ways that obviously when you stopped, mm. it's kind of skating consistently over time. But then when you moved to America, did that pick up at all? Did you ever skate when you were at Venice no. Beach? Or you just went and just wanted to be a part of the community that was yeah, there and yeah. just kind of wanted that feel again? Did it bring this, the nostalgia back from when you were super young? Yeah, for sure. Um, I saw actually, it reminded me of, a, I saw something online, I can't remember when I went, like a few days ago, talking about how we get, we're kind of trained like to think that when something ends, it's really bad. And like, mm. so when we think of stuff that we used to do and that we don't do anymore, that there's like a sadness attached to it. But actually that's just so normal. Like we change all the time um and i i look i look back at skating as something that was a part of my childhood and that's something really cool and i attach it to that but i don't i don't want to do it now no matter how much like nostalgia is attached to it Mm. um but it's always it's always something i'll have an interest in um i I follow so many skaters on on instagram yeah just my feed is just filled with videos and stuff like that so that's cool you've really you've brought a lot of good memories into my head of growing up because for me it was it was playing football in the front yard american football it was throwing it was just throwing the football around yeah, with yeah. my brother with my dad with some friends and it was that autumn feel for me it was like the end of summer autumn vibe and i that's what it like picture painted in my head when you were kind of skating around uh and it was just doing that activity separated kind of what school was about it's separated from what was going on in life so it's that's beautiful that's really yeah. nice that you're able to kind of have that memory it's always going to stick with you but yet you've kind of inserted it still in your life during the pandemic even just purchasing the skateboard <laughs> that's pretty good yeah i like that i like that a lot do you have a longboard shortboard or just a skateboard yeah just a regular board just a regular board yeah, yeah. i've always been told i should get a penny board just one of those little guys yeah no those freak around. me out they look so easy to fall off on <laughs> they got the big wheels they yeah. look so nice though no, Put i don't, I don't know how people balance on that 
Yeah. Well, skill. Yeah. They were sponsored probably over yeah. that time. Of things. <laughs> well, with your journey, you've told you've over those years. There's been there's been a lot that's happened, and obviously, mm-hmm. when after your your senior school, and you went down a path to be able to figure out who you were a lot more. And you have a lot of to tell in that, which kind of comes out from what you've been sharing through your record that you released at the beginning of, of this year, of the beginning of 2022. But with that, you've done so much to flip how you f- see things. You shared that with me personally. You share that when you're on stage with your music and everything like that. And the mission the mission that drives you and what you do when you've been working in, let's just say, the mental health world of things. How did that kind of drive come into you? I mean, it wasn't a flip of the switch for what you're doing to give back to the mental health community. I mean, you're working day to day for an organization that helps kids do that consistently. But can you tell me a little bit more about where that sh- where that kind of shift came into of how you wanted to start helping people a lot more over mm. that time um so for people that don't know I, I really struggled with depression when i was growing up um to the point where i was kind of not really well enough to to do anything um i dropped out of university i was more or less just living either at home or or in kind of hospitals and i moved to america um and out there I managed to kind of change my my whole life and my mental health and I kind of figured out with the help of some amazing people how to how to overcome my depression and everything that had kind of been um, so difficult when I was living here and a lot of it was kind of education and awareness around mental health um, which is something that the UK I felt at least 10 years ago really didn't have as like a kind of as, as really just it wasn't really part of the conversation um, I remember when I was first diagnosed with depression at 18 and not knowing what it was not really knowing anything about it um, and when I got better um, initially I didn't really want to talk about it I'd spent so much of my childhood this is post skateboarding um, <laughs> Uh, maybe giving up skateboarding was the whole reason, um, mm. but <laughs> it wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I spent so much of my childhood feeling so depressed and and having an identity around depression that you know a lot of my friends and family saw me as as, as someone who who really struggled. And when I finally got better and turned my life around, um, and I attribute that to to lots of things, but most importantly, I attribute that to um, having amazing help. Um, and that can be found anywhere. I think if you're if you're struggling and you want help, it doesn't need to be a professional necessarily. It can be someone who just you can talk to and mm. um, who can say the right things at the right time. But help, uh, self-belief, hard work, and luck, um, when those kind of things come together, I think you can you can overcome anything mm. or you can achieve anything. Um, and lost my train of thought now. <laughs> what was I saying? Um, How everything kind of comes together and having that support through yeah. so I went different out, channels and go to America. I went out there and I had that. Um, and when I, when I finally got better, um, 
I didn't want to talk about mental health. I mm. wanted to kind of leave that identity um, in the past. That's what I was saying. Mm. Um, and not not be someone who, who speaks up about it because it had just been such a huge part of my life and I was finally happy. I was living in California. I was, I was doing music. I was... I was experiencing kind of success for the first time in my life and, and not in a big way, but just personally, like I was happy and I was, I was doing something cool and something that I was passionate about and life felt possible for the yeah. first time ever, really. Mm. Um, and then I kind of slowly started to think more about it and realized that actually there aren't that many people, there certainly weren't enough people in the UK who had really struggled to the point where their life was so imaginable that kind of, you know, it just couldn't have gotten any worse. Um, and for, there aren't enough people that were kind of telling stories of hope that they'd been able to turn it around and actually that no matter how bad things get, it can get better um, and to not give up and to, to, to believe that depression or mental illness isn't kind of a life sentence and mm. a lot of people when I was struggling told me that maybe one day you'll learn to cope mm. um, and it's about maybe finding the right medication or whatever it is and that never really seemed like that much of an incentive or like mm. didn't seem that appealing to me to like have a life where I can kind of manage mm -hmm. um, and so I realized that actually I had kind of I did have a story to tell that hopefully could help some people. Um, and so I started doing that. I started talking uh, publicly. Like I went on BBC a couple of times, talked about overcoming depression um, in some kind of like health magazines and kind of podcasts, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. But what I really wanted to do was work proximately with people. Um, mm -hmm. There's a guy called Brian Stevenson who done a load of work in the States around um, criminal justice reform. And he said, if you want to solve a problem, you need to get proximate to it. Mm. So I started working with a lot of young people um, through loads of different organizations, and I still do, um, to just help them as a kind of, just a supportive figure in their lives, kind of like a role model, um, and give them hope and um just someone that they can talk to, really. And I love doing that. And I've done that for, God, like four years now. And it's mm. it's the most rewarding thing. Um, and my, I guess like when you framed it at the beginning, my mission with, with my music and the whole kind of career that I've put so much into around that and will continue to do so over the course of my life is to one day get to a point where I have a platform big enough through music that I can make greater change in the UK especially around mental health um, to have a platform that will allow me to hopefully change I guess some of the narrative that we have around um, depression and without kind of forcing it down people's throats just hopefully provide more education and awareness to particularly young people um, around what mental health is and how you can look after yourself um, I, there's a charity I love called Young Minds, um, mm. who I try and raise money for through music a few times. Um, Sofa Sounds is how we met. I yep. do a yearly mental health awareness show with them. Um, 
and I I think that for mental health um, I think that it's probably not an overstatement to say there's a bit of a crisis happening in in the UK around it um, and I think the way to the best most effective way to to help that is through education and that starts in schools mm. um, so a lot of the work I'm doing now outside of music is actually in schools trying to help um, help kids but also help teachers around um, getting literate on mental health mm. it's beautiful my experience made me who I am and I'm incredibly grateful for that mm. um, and to now be able to try and help people, it, it's the natural kind of progression of of me, which is, I'm, I'm very glad I'm doing it. Mm. I'm glad you're doing it too. I'm oh, very thanks. glad you're doing it. Is there a young person that you've met over the last, say, four years of working with the organization that you have been, that maybe maybe has touched you in a deep, deep way? Or maybe you will always kind of remember as someone that you connected with? I mean, all of them, really. Um, like, I've also not, like, been maybe that helpful to a lot of the people that I've seen. Um, and I think that that is, that is because when you're, when you're working with someone and you're trying to help them, the, the really fundamental thing that makes a difference is actually the relationship. Mm. And... I'm not the right person to to help everyone. Mm. <laughs> Just like, you know, I met loads of people that were trying to help me when I was young and all of them were were would have been perfect for someone else. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. A lot of them wouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it comes down to relationship. I've, it's, it's the cool thing about working with, with young people is, is you also get to learn, like, a lot. Um, and... Uh, their teachers as much as yeah, like, to you yeah, as sure. you're trying to support them. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that it's made me really aware of that I'm so grateful for that I grew up when I did, I love that I'm tying this back to skateboarding. Yes. <laughs> is this is who you are. I, yeah. I grew up before social media and that meant that when I came home from school, like I wasn't going to go on YouTube. I wasn't going to go on whatever it is, Instagram. I was just going to go outside and skate. Yeah. Or when I started learning guitar, learning that and doing mm -hmm. that and dedicating hours every day to to stuff that has really like informed most of my life. Um, whereas now I, I look at a lot of the kids that I see and they're so addicted to to social media and I, I don't like so am I. I don't mm. don't blame them. Um, but it's such a shame because it does kill creativity. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's other there's paths with it, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. as humans, the connection piece, um, it's it's great that you are appreciative of that, of the time that you were born, just in the day and age that we are yeah, in, yeah. and stuff like that. And, you're, and you notice that, because maybe if you were born 10 years younger, who knows what would have happened? Or 10 years before that, who knows what would have happened? You could keep going. There you go, I can keep going, all the directions. Well, when we met, the funny thing is, is this is where we met. We met in uh, the store the first time in in the Allbird store. You walked in, you're like, all right, I've done a handful of these shows before, you know, let's go and make this happen. And I was like, great, just like another show, really excited to meet you, blah, 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 blah. blah. Second you started playing, I could feel 
your performance. A lot of the times when you see live shows, you see, you hear the music, you're like, great, I'm gonna get into it, or mm, maybe it's not my thing. I felt your performance. I was able to feel that connection directly with you, not knowing all the details, not knowing the stories per se in finite details, but I could feel that you were, you were sharing your journey through your voice, through your music, and everything like that. And, I, and that is hard to come by, I feel. From just the live music that I have experienced over time, I feel that that's super special in what you do. But there's also tons of other stuff that you are fascinated by, right? That kind of influences you as a person and everything like that. <laughs> I was gonna say there's and, tons of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so it's skateboarding. It's just skateboarding <laughs> and that's it. Uh, I, I like very... shoes. Shoes, my, shoes was my first word. Shoes, yeah. What was my first pair of shoes? I've actually still got them. It's a pair of Gap Converse. Yes. Yeah. Stylish. Yeah. They're retro now. Now bring them back. They probably won't yeah, fit you. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Too well. <laughs> well, I mean, going back, getting to know you and who you are and hearing your story and knowing that you went to the States, you went to America, you went for a reason, but you kind of came back a whole different person and who you were, but you were able to kind of carry that over time. And you had a lot of experiences over that point of things. Was there, were there some different, like, I guess, fascinations while you're out there that brought you back to maybe some of the songs that you've written or some of the new world type of stuff that you, that you kind of transitioned to after moving into going to school in California, after you, after you had gone to Arizona originally? Um, what did I... I mean, America was, was a hugely inspirational place for me. Um, it, it really kind of informed my music. I think before before I went there, firstly, I, I couldn't really sing. Um, I played the guitar and I wrote songs, but it was very much like... And a not very clearly defined sound, um, and I, I didn't have really any confidence in it. Um, I learned how to have more confidence in America. Um, I think there's an there's an attitude there that that uh, rubs off. Um, Is there now? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I, I became really inspired by the landscape. Most of all, um, everything was just bigger and more beautiful and and easier to write about than, than stuff back here somehow. Um, and so I used America as a, as a place, not only to kind of talk about my experiences living there and, and overcoming mental health um, problems and, and kind of seeing that country, um, but also I used the landscape and everything it, it, that it encompasses as a kind of medium for, for what I wanted to say. Um, you know, there's a lot of songs that kind of talk about parts of the Midwest that I haven't been to, but mm. um, the, the imagery of those places is really powerful and allowed me to kind of say what I wanted to say without maybe having to be so literal, which sometimes kind of really literal writing is cool in music. Um, I saw a show the other night and a, a girl did a song that was like so blunt um, and honest, it was really powerful, but I've always liked maybe leaving a bit to the imagination and mm. there is nowhere I think that sparks the imagination more than like some parts of America so yeah I mean you shared so much about 
your community of skateboarding and that and what drives you now as 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 a mature songwriter that has been working on music and you've done that through your mission you've done that through your story on who you are and that just defines who you are it's not just a story that you tell but it is who you are are there any other things that just like get you excited in life and and make you happy that or maybe just make you feel something um people that my, my friends will laugh um I'm, I'm obsessed with tractors um i i did um move from that that street in in south london to a farm when i was um in my teens and uh that farm is actually where i really was kind of actually experiencing a lot of the really tough times in my childhood um but we had a tractor there mm. and i would i was pretty happy about that um and i just like I follow a lot of skaters, I follow a lot of farmers. <laughs> and they've got like real following. I follow like farmers with hundreds of thousands of followers and wow. just like posting videos every day of plowing and stuff. It's great. Um, <laughs> but I love tractors and um, uh, I always have since I was a kid. Um, and I uh, would love one day to own a farm. That would be, mm. that'd be cool. Um, got to make the big bucks through music first. And then um, I can buy my farm and my couple of tractors and your studio in the back as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, that was. I mean, I recording my album took literally three years, um, and I also kind of travelled around the world trying to do it. And I ended up recording it on a farm. Um, mm. The studio I went to is called Rockfield. Uh, it's in Monmouthshire in Wales, and it. Uh, it's been used by a load of massive artists from Queen to Motorhead to I think Black Sabbath and uh, and more recently like people like Coldplay and stuff like that and uh, and Henry Grace yeah that too <laughs> and it was awesome it was like a residential studio there for five days we did the whole album live and just like in between songs just go walk around the farm and mm. see the tractors and stuff like that um, see the cows. Um, so it was a fitting place in the end to, to do the record. Um, and I know a lot about tractors. I could tell you a lot of niche facts, which I'm not going to bore any of you with, but, um, on the next segment, yeah, yeah, I weirdly know a lot about tractors. I know a lot about guitars. Um, I used to know a lot about skateboarding. I know a fair bit about mental health. Um, but yeah, tractors, niche niche love what was me. the first tractor that you had do you remember uh, yeah it was a Massey Ferguson 35 if anyone's watching he knows what that is it's it's, it's a nice old tractor what colour red That's all Massey Ferguson's are red you should know that uh, <laughs> you didn't tell me to read up before I had to see <laughs> I feel almost all tractors are red almost every tractor no, I feel like I see John Deere's the green that's right that's right um, New Holland's are blue uh Fence also green. I could, I could go on. For Wait, so a while. each tractor is, has a defined color, like the pretty brand much, pretty yeah. much has their own yeah, yeah, color. Exactly. So actually, I've never really thought that that's pretty. Like only tractors really do that. Like you don't have that with cars. Cars mm. are all kinds of colors. Yeah, tractors yeah. Are, are generally like the brand will make tractors all in one color. So does so the I guess the farmer is not just influenced by the brand for the yeah. machine, yeah, yeah. but if they want a certain color. They're yeah, going to go sure. with John and, Deere because they love green. Yeah, nice. Good memory. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And they'll be like, um, 
I'll be real hit towards a certain <laughs> colour. Um, yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, Henry, you are an inspiring person. Oh, thank you. From, I mean, I'll go back the, from the second that I met you. How you s- tell stories, how you share your music, but mostly it's just what you do with who you are. I feel is such an inspiring aspect of why people should really just tune in to what you're doing and understand that the hard work that you do is really trying to create community. Create community for people who may not know what community is. Create community for different types of interests that you may have, but ultimately just bring people together. And I don't know if it goes back to you being a part of the skateboard community of pretty much you want people to hang out with you like you hang out on the street and just hang down the block of something. But you inspire me in so many ways to be able to keep giving back to the next generation of kids, to the next generation of skateboarders, to the next generation of just musicians that really care. And the stories that you tell share so much about that. And I really appreciate you coming and chatting today and telling a little bit about who you are. It's very fascinating to me. Oh, thank you. Oh, here for the free shoes. Because <laughs> your first word is shoes. Uh, first word. I love that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. So today we are in the Allbirds shoe store in Marlebone in the central part of London. And the reason why we're here today is for many reasons. But I just want to quickly talk about what Allbirds stands for. Allbirds stands for so many things. And it started with their founders. The founders were based in New Zealand. They wanted to be able to find a product which were able to be able to give back at the same time being eco-friendly. So they found this wool. They found the wool that was able to be able to create shoes that were impactful and healthy for the environment, but at the same time provided so much durability for people walking on the streets. And it was really important to their founders to be able to come up with a shoe that was able to be trendy on the market and at the same time be able to give back to a pretty much an environment that is shifting. Our environment now is shifting so many different ways with a lot of companies focusing on their carbon footprint, a lot of different companies focus on their sustainability, and Allbirds has been doing that since the start. That has been their foundation of what they do. So through a lot of their programs, through the shoe, through all their other athletic wear and wear and fits, that is super important to the baseline of what this company is. Allbirds does so much for not just the London area of things, but internationally. And I think that's what sets them on the map and what their shoe especially is the baseline of what they're trying to make happen. I'm wearing their shoes today. I wear their shoes almost every single day because of what they look like, but it's mostly for what they stand for. And doing the show here meant so much because the culture that they create online with just shopping for the shoe is like no other when you come into the store. The people here are incredible, they're welcoming, they're engaging, they talk to you about their product, but they also talk to you about you. And I think that that means so much about what they do here at Allbirds. I wear these shoes for many reasons. I wear these shoes because they're super comfortable, I feel like I'm walking on a cloud, but at the exact same time, it's the giving back, sustainability, and being able to have a product that is comfortable and durable over time. They're doing things through the fashion area of sustainability. They're also doing things in the performance side of wearing them outside and maybe going for a jog in them. I definitely feel comfortable and you should definitely come into a store because every single time it's not just about the product specifically, but it's about the community that they build. And I really appreciate that. And that is the reason why we're here today. And I appreciate Allbirds for having us this evening and showing off some awesome, awesome wear. Was a fire in his soul. 